Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. This is Frosty Rucker on the Take Back the West podcast on the Believe Network and LA Football Network. So happy new year. Let's start there. Happy new year. I hope you guys set out your new year's resolutions. I hope they come with more things that aren't just personal, but for humanity. Let's get back to the norm. Everyone wear your mask. How about, you know, get the vaccine, whatever it takes to get this, uh, this norm back. How about I hope that was some of your New Year's resolutions because it sure was for me because I want to do some live shows. I want to be uh, around the guys and, you know, I'm getting bored. But anyways, let's talk SC football. Today I got a great guest. Um, this guy is familiar with Take Back the West. He is one of the reasons uh, we were so dominant when I was in college. Um, he was a freshman All-American, came all the way from Tampa, Florida, uh, won a starting position and uh, was just a human highlight film. So everyone, welcome BMW, aka the guy, Mike Williams to our show. So welcome back to the Take Back the West podcast. I'm your host Frosty Rucker, the Organic Frost, and this is on the Believe Network, coming to you live from the LA Football Network. Uh, today I got a special guest. I got my old roommate. Uh, you've heard me talk about him quite a few times. He's a legendary guy. Um, it's BMW, AKA Mike Williams, AKA that dude. He's online. <laughs> you know, that's your nickname. <laughs> Thanks Frost, man. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. This is the head coach of the Wharton Wildcats out there in Tampa. Mike, you're home. You're the head coach of a rival high school. How did you land that? What did you do with the season? Talk to me. Oh man, it's been a, it's been a great year for me um, down here, being back home in Tampa. You're right. I took over uh, the, the rival to my high school plant, um, and we had a really good season. Made it to the third round of the playoffs. Actually, beat my high school. Wow. Uh, at at plant at and, Dad? and at Dad Stadium and <laughs> blanked them. Don't be dumb. <laughs> Don't be dumb. And um, it was the first time, it was the first time Wharton had beat Plant since my senior year of high school. Incredible. So 20 years, about 20 years almost since uh, we got that done. So it's been a good season, you know, but, um, you know, always moving forward. We're in January, we're, we're already back in the weight room and getting all season program rolling. So, you know, you got to, you got to go ahead and flush, got to go ahead and flush last year and, and get your eyes focused on the future. What's the talent down there looking like? Uh. I mean, Hillsborough County is is rich in D1 talent. I mean, even our schools that win two, three games a year send about two or three kids to Division One colleges. So um, down here, you're going to get players. Um, you just got to build and and put a system in place that they can that they can thrive and um, and and showcase their abilities to go to college. So uh, a lot of talent. Um, 
maybe more so than what I was used to in LA. Um, but, uh, you know, just, 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 just trying to build and, and move forward, man. So Mike, I have a question for you. It, it's weird. You know, how my brain works. It's all over the place. It's one day I'm Coors Light, one day I'm Corona. I don't know. Um, you, you left Tampa, Florida to go to USC. You play with some of the greatest California high school players ever that obviously went to USC. You won championships. Now you're in Tampa coaching in a county that has some of the greatest Florida high school recruits and, and talent. How do the, those players, do they resemble each other and have their greatness or is it a different breed of football, California top tier versus Florida top tier? I would say it's a really big difference. Okay. Um, down here in Florida, people care about football more. Um, there's less other things that compete with football. I would say when I got to LA and I met, uh, you know, players at USC and the players that we came in with, um, their social, like who they, who they were perceived as, you know, socially was just as important or, or their, you know, their, their S curls, you know, their Jerry curls or whatever, you know, it was just, you know, socially was equally important as football. And I would just say, I would just say in Florida, it really is more of a get it out the mud, scratch and claw, less pretty boy, more grind type. So not saying that you can't get a, not saying that you can't get a great player out of California because year in and year out, you have great players that come out of California. I would just say there's a little more of a, um, more of a flash and more of a, I would just leave it at flash that presents itself that I would say um, down here is more like the mud and grit and grind. You're saying and, um, but I think that's, it's the culture. You're saying the culture of football is it's a, a culture. culture. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. The culture of football uh, is a little bit more in depth with in Florida. People are really more passionate is what you're saying. Not to say we're not in California, but it's just a different culture. It's a different culture. Um, you know, and I think it's just how thing, I think, I think it's how things are structured, uh, in California, everything's based around the quarterback position, you know, everything, you know, is geared for quarterbacks and down here, it's almost the exact opposite. Everything is geared towards other positions, O-line, D-line, skill guys, linebackers, you know, in that regard. And that's why our state probably presents everything else better than quarterbacks that's interesting because that's very interesting that you acknowledge that because being a a, a defender in high school football a, a lineman or a I was a linebacker you didn't get the publicity as the quarterbacks obviously the quarterbacks are who they are but you're right in Florida you know when you you hear about the teams and the pouncy bros and all these people right. you hear about linemen right. The top linemen, the top deep, the top players get the same regard. Like they don't, they don't put a quarterback on a pedestal to other positions. Like I'm glad you mentioned Pouncey. Like they, we feel like your center is just as valuable as your quarterback. Right. And that's why, that's why across the spectrum, more people are representatives of our state in, in different, in different positions, as opposed to 
some states, they just may have a premium on certain positions. Okay, so obviously, you know, this show is the Take Back the West, and you know where we come from. As far as USC, we want our alma mater to do great. That no one can ever say that Mike Williams, Frosty Rucker don't sit here and want USC to be great. Um, Recruiting-wise, when we say take back the West, it, it, it does mean get all the great players from your state and don't let them go out of state. I'm not sure how many kids on our team are from Florida, let alone big linemen. Is that something that you think that we could maybe pay attention to going forward, going into these deep states back uh, east and south and, and getting some guys? I mean, it's just it's just the eyeball test. When you look and you see the top five, top ten teams in the country, the region speaks to that. You know, the Southeast region speaks to the college football platform. So if you're not getting kids from the Southeast region of the United States, you're not going to be competing on a high level in college. Yeah. It, it seems like it's, 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 a, it's as black as it's as, it's as black and white as that. So like, why were we so not, good, Mike? Why were we so good? We were really well. We were really good because Coach Ogeron was one of the top recruiters. Lane Kiffin, who Trojan fans like to forget about, was a decent coach, was was a had a winning record, was mm-hmm. the three year the three years he was the recruiting coordinator. USC had the top recruiting classes, mm-hmm. but people like to people like to sweep that under the rug. Yeah, you those know, are so facts. those are facts. These, those are the things. These are that, facts. Okay, so while we're rebuilding, we got to go back. Is what you're saying is look at what has happened and why it's the way it is. I mean, even more recent. T, Coach, Coach T. Martin, you know, you, you, for whatever reason, you don't cultivate, you don't, you don't grow, or, you know, and I'm not, I'm not in the rooms. I don't know how things shake out, but I know really good pieces, really good people have walked out of our program or been let go from our program. And then we replace them with people outside of the brand that don't understand the brand that don't understand the fan base, that don't understand the arrogance of our fan base. And, yeah. and, then, we, and then we get upset when they don't deliver. Yeah. Uh, you know, I sit here and I, I agree. I'm not going to say anything because one of the things that I think at SC, we don't have, we don't have a culture. I think we don't have a culture. We don't, we have, don't a cul- have a culture because our athletic department is hilariously behind in <laughs> in the times of things. Well, that's and what has happened. Well, what has happened with us has happened at several places. And for some reason, those other places have found a way to bounce back and get back on the, in the conversation but, 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 and get Mark, back on the landscape. About, you're talking about real biases between SEC and like Pac-12. Come on now. You know SEC runs the NCAA. You know things are going on. They don't get death penalties like we do. These are decisions that were made and situations that happen, and that's why we have no culture. Because I think USC is the Yankees. USC is the Yankees. College football, college football needs USC to be doing well. College football needs USC to be competing. College football needs USC to be among the elite. Because when we talk about taking back the West, 
Who else has come close to hoist that trophy up? Oregon. They lost a couple. Mm-hmm. Who else? Nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody else has come charging into the, charging into the to this thing with, with their flag of like, hey, we're not in the SEC and we need to matter. Nobody else out west has done that. So they're not so, champion for us. You don't think anyone's standing on the table for OSC anymore? No. Okay. Okay. So you think the moves that we're making now, obviously I'm happy about the additions we have on our coaching staff. Uh, I've said it on Take Back the West podcast. I've said it here a thousand times. I do like where, where it's going, but you think overall we're still missing that push that's going to take it over the top. We are missing glue guys. We are missing guys that represent real football players that may not have the stars. We need to start recruiting more football players and less stars. So dogs. Because Say Matt Grittigood was a dog, right? I'm not sure how and many the- stars Matt Grittigood had. Hell, I think I'm a dog, and I didn't have no stars. So you're saying we got to go get gutter. You're talking to a two-and-a-half star guy from Tampa, Florida. Yeah, you're talking to a no-star, and I got in and made whatever happened happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is So a- we need to we need to embrace and go after glue guys, these kids, these lunch pail type kids, these kids who just want to show up and just want to work and just want to work hard and then rinse and and repeat. Look, Mike, right now, how do you do that? Knowing in another year or so, they're going to get paid for their likeness. So guys are going to be coming to LA, which may make us stronger because they can make money and their family can try to make money rather than the dog attitude because the SEC and everything back there is going to stay the same. They're already getting paid, called a spade, call spade a spade. They're getting paid. But now the NCAA has made a way so the guys out West can get paid. Is that their way of making it, uh, making it up to us? Because we did get the death penalty. Well, whether or not, guys are getting paid or not it still will come down to the product on the field and the product on the field is what's going to yield those dividends so it's still going to come down to how high you can raise your program when you want to talk about money and and guys their likeness and everything like that newsflash nobody cares about your likeness if you're on the middle of the road team you know like so so you have to get this program back to the top i personally think Mm -hmm. you know they just got to tighten the screws up a little bit. You know, it's, it's, it, there's too many, there's too many non-talent things that happen. There's too many things that hurt USC football on the field that aren't talent based. It does not come down to how much talent you have. It just comes down to what's between your ears. Okay. Like, I don't, you know, so we have kids. Smart. So the program hasn't been very smart. Do you think it's getting smarter? No. <laughs> you think it's gonna, it, you, so you think this is just going to oh, be the same? You know, and God thing. bless, God bless my my guy, God bless my guy Warren G's kid. Um, you know, uh, you know, good player. Uh, well, number two, you know, it's it's just in, in in the moment, you know, it's magnified. The coaching is magnified when the scoreboard is not in your favor. A kid makes a 
a play he should make, and he starts dancing. So or, it's, it's so it's discipline. You think it you is think the it, it factor is, is a it coach is So it's a coach O. You need a coach O running around screaming. No, no, no. The the, the it factor is just who, who the it factor is just whoever is going to bring that that accountability that 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 that's all in okay. that that's not okay mentality. It just seems like who's the who's who's the who's the disciplinarian? So, like who? Like I who, said, you need a coach. The, you need a coach. Who's the coach? I can't. Who's the coach that. that gets the guys in line? You know who's the go, who's the coach? Who's the coach that gets the guys in line? Like who's the coach? Who's the coach that, you know, these guys, and God and God bless, and you bring up a coach O. Coach O was a D-line coach. Coach O was the reason we He won. had the respect. He had the respect of everyone on our roster. Coach O and was the reason we won. You didn't need Coach Carroll to step down on somebody to speak on somebody we had several coaches that represented discipline and represented you know the right the way we're going to do things coach holt you know you know coach you know uh coach uh pola i mean hell coach pola coach kennedy you know just you know and and several guys and and other guys did it in their own way t-man you know i'm saying that was effective effective so i just feel like you know coach helton and the staff he's put together and bringing in the, the, the new coaches and, and the turnover and everything like that, it does seem like it's going in the right direction. I mean, heck, we're complaining about a one-loss season because we expect more, because we think we think of the program, we hold the program in a higher regard. Oh, a couple years ago, a couple years, a couple years ago, we would have been happy for a one-loss season, regardless oh, of where it came from. We would have been happy for a one-loss season. But we're beyond that. We're beyond that now, you know. And you know, so we just kind of, you know, I feel like we're we're at a French point. USC in the last season, going into the next year or two, like we we are we are at a point. We're at a, we're at a, a pivotal point where we have to we have to man. We have to put our flag on the ground and say, hey, we really are trying to compete at the highest level and be an elite program, or. You know, we just need to be honest with ourselves and say, hey, that's not what SC football is after anymore. You know, SC football is not after being the best and not after being championships. We quit. We care more about, you know, graduation rates and and and, and, and television deals and, and, and these kind of things. And that's fine, too. Yeah, that, and that's the business of it. And you, don't you, try to champion both. Business. Don't try to champion both. Don't try to champion both. So, Mike, what you're saying here is that because I'm, I, you know, I, I still know your, your passion about our school. So what you're saying here is that telling kids and recruiting about this institution is for you to graduate and this, that, and the other, that's a good thing. But you're saying don't get it twisted factor of you're here to play football for USC. At the highest level. At the highest level. Yeah, there's nothing higher than that. And, and I, and, Again, Mike, we haven't been around this new coaching staff. They do have a lot of former players. Lenny Vandermeer's there, Kerry Colbert. You got Chris Claiborne, Hayes Pollard. You got some guys there that care, went down, played at Howard Jones every day. They care. So I'm leaning towards the next two years, SC has to do something. 
and, and I'm not sitting here saying or else, you know, I'm not threatening anyone. By all means, I'm not threatening anyone. But what we're looking for out of our players and the type of discipline that has to come from the leadership, which are the coaches. And I'd like to say right now that I would bet that Kerry Colbert sees what you're talking about. Hayes Pollard sees it. Chris Claiborne sees it. Do you agree with me, Mike? Do you, do you think that they're treading in the right way to get something back? Or do you just think this is just what SC football is now? I think this season gave us Trojans a lot to, to be happy about. I will be the first to say I watched this team win a bunch of games that they would normally lose. So, so they got you know, them. I got to tip my hat to I have to tip my hat to the fiber that the group showed in times where they were down and a couple of scores and down in the fourth and, you know, down at half and they found a way to, to galvanize and come back and win the game. Okay. But that door opens, that door opens both ways. If we have the coaches and the leadership and the direction and the focus necessary, why are we even entertaining these deficits to Arizona who got smoked by 70 something a week or so later to these other teams that we just, we just couldn't, we, we just seemed like we were in the sandbox with. So the door opens both ways. Yeah. You showed, you showed fight and you showed fiber and you found a way to get back in games and win games. Heck pac 12 championship, you know, didn't go well. You know, you're, you even, even with the mistakes and the interceptions by the quarterback, you're still a player two away, a penalty or two away. From, 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 from getting another comeback win. And, you know, so that's to be commended and have the, you know, you tip your hat to that, but you okay. also have to say, hey, man, we shouldn't be in these positions to begin with. Not as many times, right? Not as many times. One okay. thing about SC, you know, you know, you know, down year, up year, you're going to get everyone else's best effort. So, you know, I just, like I said, I've I, I seen a lot of improvement. They found a way to come back and win games that, they shouldn't have won. They shouldn't have won, or they probably would would have lost in the past. But then it speaks to, you know, where was the focus? Where was the focus from the opening from the opening whistle? That that they dug themselves in such holes, okay. you know. And yeah. I think that speaks to, that speaks to leadership on your team as well. Okay. When you have a young quarterback, when you have a young quarterback, he can't speak to the matchups and the history. Hey, you know, we playing so and so this week. You know, last couple of years, you know, what we're gonna get. You know, yada yada, like a Carson Palmer or or guys that have hung around for a while who understand, you know, certain matchups and certain situations within the conference. Okay. So I think that's why I'm speaking to. I think this group is better because your quarterback is now a three year guy who's been between the lines, and now he's a different type of leader. And you know, we you're losing some guys, losing some guys to the draft. That's a, that's another conversation. Um, so. Yeah, you just you just you just want to factor in that, you know, there's there's no substitute for guys that have been up to Corvallis or guys that have been up to Eugene or guys that have been, you know, you know, to the farm and, and things like that. You know, that that leadership stuff, those things help, you know, in, in, in games and on trips. So that's why my why I look forward to next season, because I say, hey, this group is 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 true, true juniors. You know, red oh, shirt, yeah. senior, red, red shirt juniors. This is a year. You know, you know. So now, you know, I say, hey, regardless of what this season was, this next season 
it has to be it has to be what Trojan fans want to see or you know then I think there does need to be changes well I'd say this this is something I'll say yeah there should be there could be changes there's also additions I feel like in addition to what happened this past season Mike or BMW or the guy right the guy that's who I'm talking to right now the guy so the guy a full off season my question for you though why is it that culturally football itself no double days anymore you're getting this lackadaisical guys that maybe not care as much not passionate and they haven't been pushed through the fire why is SEC ball back there still dominant or now really dominant when there's no double days and things like that you can't really be as physical, Mike, but... Yeah, I disagree, Coach. Well, talk I mean, to I me. Disagree. Talk to me. You, you, you're you, made different down here. You're made different down here. So, yeah, there's not double days, but the days down here are going to be hotter and more humid than anything you're going to see out west. Okay. Your, 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 hottest, your hottest, most humid day out west during camp is a breeze down here. So your kids, your kids are, your kids are, unless you go out of your way, unless you go out of your way, which I thought uh, Coach Carroll and Coach Carlisle and those guys did in, in our time, you go out of your way to make it tough. You go out of your way to make it hard. You go out of your way to present those situations of, of fatigue and, and pushback. Then you're, you're just not on the level because if my kids are working out in 103, 100, 103 degree weather every day, and your kids are working out in 72 and sunny and breezy with a nice breeze coming off of coming off of PCH. Mm. Um, you're, you're, you're just not, you're not going to be built the same way. And these Alabama kids, these, these Georgia kids, these Florida kids, these, you know, in these areas, the, the, them days we're working the same days. We're just working in different conditions. So mm. naturally, naturally the physical, the physical level, they can take it. It's going to be a little higher than what maybe some other guys can take because you just haven't been exposed to it. Okay. That's fair. That's really fair because Mike, let me tell you this story. It's a quick one. I won't, you know, drag it out, but my rookie year going to Cincinnati, we had training camp in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, Georgetown, Kentucky folks is right between Cincinnati and Lexington. It is uh, a place where they're, we're slaves. Slavery is back here, right? Because they went through Cincinnati to cross Ohio to become free. Um, just a little throwback on your history. But um, I swear, Mike, I trained so hard going into my rookie year and I got there and that humidity jumped on me. I seen the Grim Reaper like far in the, 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 the waves of the heat. I seen that, man. And it really messed me up. There was no way I could Mike, there was no way I could train for that. They have it. And I'm honest. I can say that. I don't care. Just take back the West podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you, and I'll speak to it, you know, even for vets, you know, uh, Gronkowski, you know, he spent his whole career up in New England. And all he talked about the first couple months down here in Tampa in the media was how he's never really trained. He, he He's never really had an offseason season. Until he came down and had to and had to get prepared to play for the Bucks, because in New England he they just never saw days like he was seeing in Tampa, and he said it literally took him like three four weeks 
just to get his body. Yeah, because it'll shock you. I agree, man. So uh, I can side with you on that. Let's talk about the two guys in our receiving room at USC that are going to the NFL draft. Uh, two players that had a huge part in this season. Um, Armandra St. Brown and Taylor Vaughn. I'm only asking you because you're one of the greatest to grace our Coliseum, Howard Jones, and Heritage Hall. How do you feel about these young guys going into the, the draft, A? What advice would you give them, B? C, which is my last thing that I want to ask you, where do you think these guys end up? And I know that's tough. Or how about I'll say what round? Hmm, that sounds better. Uh, C's tough. C's tough. <laughs> um, you know, one, one, I would say you got to follow, you got to follow what's in your heart to do. And if you, if you think it's, you, you, nobody can tell you, people can have an idea, but nobody can tell you what you're ready for, what you yeah. want to do. You, you did know? it. You did so, it. Um, and I'm, 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 a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classic example of that, you know, regardless sure. of, regardless, regardless of what everyone, regardless of what everyone had to say, um, I scored 30 touchdowns in two years. You couldn't, you couldn't tell me that there was more football to be gained in college. Like there were accolades to be gained. Like there were, you know, and then now that we know all that stuff wouldn't count it anyway. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, um, shots fired. <laughs> okay, but you're true. Keep going, keep preaching. You know, you know, so I, I say, one, if I say so myself, these kids had great coaching. And I don't want to say kids because sometimes I feel like kids is kind of a little like dismissive. Yeah, young so these people. young, these young, these young men, yes, sir. they had they had great coaching in their room. If I say so myself, you know, Kerry Colbert, you know, I, I you know, I know the standard is the standard with him and it's presented in how those guys play and how, you know, and I would say the sky's the limit for, for, for both of those guys, the sky's the limit because neither one of them are a one trick pony, so to speak, or neither one of them are have one thing to hang their hat on. Sometimes you get a wide receiver and he's just a blazer and speeds a part of his game. And if he's not running by guys or if he's not explosive, He's not the same kind of guy for you. But these guys, they're great route runners, great feet. They know how to – they get separation. They understand coverages um, and how the game is and what the game demands now where, you know, you know, three wide is a base, is a base package now. And yeah. the game is much more perimeter. I just feel like, you know, what, what, eight, what eight provides, I think – He's a guy that he 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 could be a day one he could be a first day camp guy you could throw in there, and even if you don't want to give him the pressure of being on the outside and going against you know top corners, he's a guy that can, he can he can guide he's a guy that can get in your slot and and be very effective, you know, and and be a guy that you can have those wrinkles in where one play he just goes you know you just hand the ball and run you know I just think both of these guys represent um, what the game is now you know Ty, hmm. you know Tyler. You know, uh, you know, must see TV. You know, he he's a guy. He high point. He high points the ball well. He has really good body control. He he can't he he, he can't he can be elusive after the catch. And you know, he has a knack for a big play. So I'm I'm excited about both of these guys. Um, 
just seeing like how they how how they maximize the opportunity. And I think um they're both they're both focused. They're both focused. I think I just think um you know the number one thing I would tell them is, you know, he 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 the advice of what got you there. You know, you you've been, you know, you've had a good thing with Kerry, coach, you know, Colbert. And don't go mess up what you got going on trying to go get with other guys or other people that, you know, might want to take in a different direction, you know, stick with what's gotten you to this point, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. I think they're ready. You know, I had a uh, Casey on here earlier in the season um, and he talked about his room. Obviously I felt like this room was the most prepared uh, room on the West Coast, I think uh, they were in the numbers. And the numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, the, num- and the numbers speak. Exactly. And, and 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 that's why I say, heck, man, you guys want to leave. You guys want to leave and go to school and, and, and go to the pros. Hey, man, it, it's it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift in disguise because, you know, like I told you guys, there's there's horses in the stable, man. There's there there's guys in the stable that are waiting for their opportunity that have earned their opportunity. And now with a couple of guys leaving to go to school early, you know, you get a couple more guys that now it's their time. And there's ripples to that because now two, two, three guys gone means two or three scholarships open up for the next wave of recruiting. So now that the next, the next top one or two wide receivers that don't really know what they were thinking about. Now they see, Hey man, SC's SC's wide receiver rooms a little less crowded, you know, Hey, maybe now I'll go out there because the numbers and what guys are able to do, um, in that group individually speak for themselves. It's not a place where one guy's going to get the lion's share and everyone else has to get the scraps. So if you're a wide receiver and you see, uh, you know, the success in, in previous years of, you know, this, this, this current season, you know, Michael Pittman, you know, had a really good, you know, Pittman Jr. had a really good season, you know, for, by, for rookie standard. Uh, and, and there's guys, you know, Stephen Mitchell, you know, guys that SC fans maybe not have heard about, but he's still on NFL roster. He just hasn't, right. you know, had a chance to has had a chance to play high volume snaps. So, you know, you okay. know what's been going on, what's been going on, and how things have been going for this for that position particularly Mike, is uh, has been has been a huge positive for SC. BMW, let me talk to you about this. Is arguably should have been running back university. How's it turned into wide receiver? You. Tell me that the quarterbacks, because the quarterbacks are the premium. You know, if you want to get the top quarterbacks, like SC's been able to get the top quarterbacks, you don't get the top quarterbacks if they know they're going to turn around and be handing the ball off thirty times. This is so, it's, just, it's just amazing. It, it truly is amazing. We are a quarterback. We are a quarterback school. You know, we USC is a quarterback school. I know Rodney Pete. I know Rodney Pete snuck in there for a couple years, but for the most part, you know, this USC wants USC wants. Uh, a, a, a white boy with that with that flowing hair or, or or personality back there slinging that thing around. That's just that's just the identity that they've had, and that's kind of the identity that they pushed. So, and I just um, think, uh, and, and while that's true, and I, uh, it's obviously true, and the receiver is so decorated now because of that. Abandoning our run just does a disservice to our offense. It does a disservice to our program because what you see, Mike, exactly what you're saying is why it's finesse and it doesn't look the same. 
And that's why I feel like we don't have a culture because well, you can't build that also speaks if to you don't have the recruiting. running power and Tim Davis yelling power. We don't run power. Recruiting, recruiting, my man, recruiting. God bless. When's the last time we brought in the top linemen? Mm. When's the last time we brought in the top linemen? We're moving. We're losing. We're, we're, we're not even in the conversation so when it comes to defender. when it comes to the top linemen. We're not even in the, we're not even in the conversation. Well, we just got one on the defensive side of the ball, so I think we're going in the right way on that side. But it really comes down to if we want to get that physical run game back, we got to get those kind of guys back up front. We got to get those kind of guys. You know, you lose a first round pick to Miami. You know, you 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 uh you have certain things happen, and your group may not be the same. So, uh, do I think we need a a bruising physical run game to be elite and be a top program? No, because we're just we're we're built for success on the perimeter, and we have the pieces for six. We have the pieces for success on the perimeter. Um, so I just think um. Whatever your direction you're going to go in, max out in that direction. But even if you're going to be a passing team and more finesse, you're still going to need those dancing bears up front that can give your quarterback time and, and open up lanes. Well, you never shy of words. You've kept it a buck as usual. You always do that. Mike, you just had a birthday. I'm not going to say <laughs> your age on here, but I want to say happy birthday. I know all our, your Trojan fans and people that supported you all these years and uh, and watched you ball out, bought your jersey and all that. I know they appreciate you like I do. Um, you're the birthday boy. One last question for you. What would you give the grade for the season for the USC Trojans? A grade. You know, my grade would be, my grade would be a A minus. Okay. So then we're not too far off if it's an A minus. I I cannot give Coach Helton and their staff enough credit for the toughness and the resolve that they showed in games that they were behind. You know, games that I would usually change the channel. I knew I had to hang out because of the first one or two, I was like, hey, I know I know they got it in them. And, and for the most part, they proved me right every time this season. They would come back. My buddies would say, hey, man, I bet with USC, what the hell they doing and all that. And I'd be like, ah, oh, just chill out. And then sure enough, I get those same texts an hour or so later, like oh, the Trojans <laughs> pulled it out. So, you know, I just I, you know, I just don't want to I just don't want to miss that. They did such a good job just not letting go of the rope. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I, I, I can't say that enough. I, I, I resemble everything that you just said. Um, I think they did a great job with the coronavirus, keeping the guys safe, keeping them ready to play each and every week, uh, short off season, everything they did, I felt like it was in the right position to get better. Right. And that's why I can't, you know, it's easy to pile up on the head coach or say Helton this, Helton third. That's why, my my opinion is, is is more reserved because there is something to say to the coaching leadership that your team can come back and win. It does speak to you, somebody motivates them. Somebody 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 circles the wagons and, and get and gets it done. So you know you got to tip your hat to you know for the things that you didn't see from the team 
you know, you, you, that door has to open both ways. And you have to give, you know, Coach Coach Elton his credit for, um, you know, making sure the team found ways to win and making sure the team, you know, just played hard to the end, you know, no matter what. Mike, they had one hell of a four-minute offense. I'll just tell you that. It wasn't necessarily always the two-minute, but their four-minute offense, <laughs> when they needed it, <laughs> they put points up, they got the yards, they moved the ball down the field, and that's the way I feel about the team. I do think the offense is finesse. Uh, I would like to run the ball a little bit more stronger, maybe a couple new sets, because we're always, you know, you check in what these coaches are doing in the offseason to get better the same way you want your players to. So I think if they can incorporate something like that and the brand of USC football that could be somewhat 50-50 or 75-25, right? I feel like we'd all be sitting in the right position, right mind frame for SC football. I don't know. Frost, Frost, I, I, I respectfully disagree. I think if you have, I think if you have, if you have, if you have eight ball, if you have must see TV, if you have, uh, if you have Drake, hey man, we gotta throw, we gotta throw the laces off that thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. So, and the quarterback, the quarterback's a gamer. So, um, I just think, you know, there was some, you know, there was some times where you know third and one, you wouldn't want to see, you, you, you wouldn't like to see a a 30 yard go route, go down the sideline and things like that. But, you know, that's, that's, that, that's part of the game. You know, that's part of the game. I, I think, obviously I think that comes you're a receiver you. too. So of course you're going to be a little <laughs> bit biased what I'm talking about. And we're talking about the big man up front and I'm one of those big men up front, but Mike, my friend, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you. Um, where can everyone find you on social media? Coach like Mike Coach on all on Twitter, Instagram, it's, uh, they, except it's M-I-K-3, not E. So um, it, it's Coach Like Mike, except three instead of E. So you heard him. Coach Like Mike, three instead of E. And uh, until next year, happy uh, birthday, happy new year, my friend, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yes, sir, fight on. So thank Mike Williams for coming on here and then spending some time with the Take Back the West family. Mike, we really appreciate you. Um, the conversation is just great. Anytime you get to chop it up with a, a, a guy that's so knowledgeable in football and, and, and in fact, that didn't even just stop playing football, he's currently the head coach of a high school in Tampa Bay. So you know he's sharp. You know he knows what he's talking about. Um, I love the conversation today. I hope it sheds some light to what's going on in our program from uh, another outside perspective but a guy that truly knows what he's talking about. So, you know, let's be real here. We'll probably be seeing Mike in college football here pretty soon, or maybe in the pros, coaching guys up, getting them better, and uh, and really representing our brand. And you know what the brand's all about. So until next time, uh, take back the West family. This is Frosty Rucker on the Believe Network, and you can find this episode on the LA Football Network. Holla. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Believe. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.